Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This is Tevo of Tevo Creative Leadership. We're here today, Tevo DRC, at the DFW Leader Online Ministry Fellowship, which is really onlinefellowship.us for males and females. We're trying to give the word of the Lord, trying to seek the Lord's face, trying to not claim any ownership to trying to be a wannabe or a, you know, a famous name. We just want Jesus' name to get his fame, not ours. And I believe that servant leadership movement is out there big time. It's growing in rapid numbers. And even though we have the media of the last, you know, nothing wrong with media if you're called to it, we're called to it. It's just the ability to really have great balance and healthiness when it comes to mammon, when it comes to representing Jesus on film, when it comes to having that approachable real life no plastic, no fantasy, but real life, even candid, candor, when God wants that. Yes, there's a time to be blind and, you know, mind candy. We all need that break emotionally and spiritually sometimes, but then there's no reason to propagate and have a prolific representation, a misrepresentation of Christ by people who've never really met the Lord themselves that say they're a minister, that say they're a prophet, that say they're the pastor, when they really haven't even gotten a deep quality of relationship, pure in heart, fear of the Lord, holy fear of the Lord, that keeps in mind that everybody needs a relationship with the Lord, not just to earn income, not just to, you know, get the pie in the sky eternity, which is really, really needed now, you know, to balance that out. But we want God to be known by individuals. Then they get the word of the Lord from the Lord and balance people they're accountable to, have a network, but then they can go out and minister and give the word of the Lord, whether it's in a house, a church, two or three churches, even online or wherever the grocery store. So this is going to be equal opportunity, real relationship with the Lord in this move. There's no more time left, as you can see. There's no more time left for dotting all the legalistic I's, crossing all the legalistic Pharisees, you know, type things. We want to get out there and do it, no matter whether you're pink, purple, or whatever quality color God made you. Just get out there and be the real deal. That's my assignment. Be the real deal. This is real time. We're so for all the great family representations right now, even on TV and off. We're so grateful for all the body of Christ through the last decades and centuries that have paved the way for all of us, including myself, for us to stand on your shoulders with your own revelation, your own trials and tribulations and heavy times you went through. We're thankful for you, males and females. And I want to make sure we do that. But as a prophet, I have to speak to what's reality out in the seats, the stands, the barista fellowships, the parking lots, because that's been my turf. My principal turf has been growing up in a pastor's family, you know, happy, quality, not religious, not too strict, not too lax. And then getting a concept of that and then getting into the Jesus people movement, being called by the Lord when I was 24 to study his body, all the different kinds of doctrines. 
of his born-again, Bible-believing Christian ministers. And so, therefore, that day led me, because I walked with the Holy Spirit one day at a time, unassuming, not trying to do anything except hear the voice of the Lord, discern it, follow it, make sure it's balanced by the Bible, real respect for every kind of human individual known to God and man. And then you, sometimes you're just there and you have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. You have no idea what these people really believe in addition to their marketing. Oh yeah, come, come to Jesus' house, be accepted, accepted in the beloved. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. But when you get there and they have you, that's where the issue is. And that's why I'm speaking because we want people to really want to go plug in, be committed, not be the famous East Coast word, I guess it's out here in Texas or everywhere, amongst certain kinds of styles of Christian, the legalists that say they're church hoppers, they don't go anywhere, so they're keeping track of everybody's business. I do not want that. I had it happen to me. I wasn't raised around it, to be honest. I was... I was married. The father of my children had been a very nominal, barely Christian believer, you know, Catholic. And when we married, you know, it was way long years ago, there was not all this media. There was not all this common doctrinal teaching. There is not. But I sort of knew that just so they invite Jesus into the heart, I thought that was the secret, no matter what your pedigree, your brand and down deep, I've always been like that. My parents were like that, basically. Being a Christian first, being your brand that can change, whatever your style can go second. But right now we're trying to teach, my call is, the vision of unity. True Christian unity with leadership in chain of command order. Very respectful, but fooled with the anointing like the Holy Ghost power. And then that's also... It isn't even about the Holy Ghost power, though it can be, it should be. If you don't feel it, we're not going to be a dogma. We're going to say, here it is, God says it, but we're not going to be under the law, and we're not going to criticize you if you don't go for it, because you have to hear God like I do. Everything right now is so weird, so slow, yet so fast and rapidly, even making more chaos and ministry that we each have to really go almost line upon line and go back to where we first believed and met the Lord and then process what are we really saying now? What are we really heeding now? What's really going on for the name of the Jesus Christ and the future church if there is one? If there's going to be one, are we going to be safe? Are people that we love and know going to be final day ready in case Jesus comes back at any moment? I'm one that is... Not, you know, trying to stir everybody up and say, yeah, he's coming on a certain date. But I keep getting in my spirit to be careful. You know, the Bible teaches that back in Noah's, excuse me, Adam's day, his grandson in Genesis 5 was named the prophet Enoch. And the scripture says that Enoch walked and talked with God daily. He had a relationship. Somehow he had the garden relationship, basically, with the Lord that maybe Adam and Eve forsook in Garden Genesis number three. 
for some reason, God, you know, his spirit was more sensitive and he walked and talked and worshiped God daily. And then one day God came and took him. I think it's amazing that Enoch walked and talked with God daily and he was 365 years when God took him like a year. You know, that's amazing. But in my opinion, it is my opinion now that in the last since the 80s, when Holy Spirit has started to really season everybody, had more teaching and understanding about the Holy Spirit and the Lord, the charismatic revivals and renewals and outpourings and all these things, even in the Baptists, even in different kinds, the Holy Spirit ministering and revealing himself. And then... It's like this new generation started to come within a generation, the Christian type. The generation in the church, be they religious, dry, wonderful or not, no matter what their color, their style, their flavor. But then within that generation, there is an Enoch, born-again generation, who does really love to hang out with the Lord, loves to fellowship with the Lord in a relationship in the fear of the Lord, really respects all people. That's the remnant. But that type of day in, day out, 24-7, led by the Holy Spirit, can also be like Enoch, of course, Genesis 5, but also the Ezekiel wheel within a wheel, chapter 1, where the Holy Spirit gyroscope, the inward witness of the Holy Spirit, will lead one Every day, faithfully, whether we're faithful or perfect in it or not, he'll be there. So that's the kind of teaching that I am for toward the remnant, toward you who are like that, yet other people you have to interact with. And some of these people are abrupt and abusive, and some of them are polite and respectful, but distant because they're into the law. What we really want, what I believe God really wants, is a is a USA awakening, and he wants it to be, as the prophets have said for 20 years, maybe 15 to 18 years, a nameless and faceless generation. That means there's no big eyes, no big little U's, everybody's equal, even though, however, there will be people with more, more renown. Renown is fine. A general, somebody see and recognize their name. There's nothing wrong with renown. That is a Bible word in Zephaniah 3, Zechariah. You know, you can have renown. It's just not to be like divisive, putting everybody on a pedestal like a Paul commands against, rebukes in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 1, about almost like celebrity, or that division. Oh, I'm name-calling. I'm... I'm a follower of Apollos. Oh, I'm a follower of Paul. Instead, can that talk. Let's can it and say, I'm a follower of Jesus. And that's how, you know, that's what I remember about my great, about my parents, grandparents. You didn't trade on anybody's name. You didn't go into all this leadership fan club. And see, on the other hand, it's a balance. I teach balance. Sometimes people are that clueless and dull of perception, that rude. You have to teach this. So whatever your group is like, you teach accordingly. But the idea is to be approachable. Read Jesus Christ 
in all his relationships, how he acted and reacted when he was alive on the earth, in ministry, in his private life, in an area, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just act the same way. That's our call. Abiding, relationship, theology, abiding in James 3.17, that any wisdom that comes from above in your fruit of your relationship and what you hear from the Lord has got to line up with pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And to the best of my ability, I'm trying, I've always walked that out and tried to be because I'm, I have a fear of the Lord. I just want to do it right. I'm not into perfection. And so therefore I counsel the Holy Spirit of James 3.17, the fruit of the Spirit, self-government, the power of over the tongue to overcome accusation or persecution when you are accused, that pressure that builds up. I work on that. That's the gift to the body of Christ from Jesus, the Messiah, and Revelation 12, 7 through 11, the church, a whole picture of what happened when Jesus came after this, you know, mutiny in heaven. Jesus was, Satan was kicked down to earth, the deceiver, the accuser, the adversary, the liar, the devil. And it said, when Jesus came, he gave the power back to the church. And how did he give the power back? He gave the power back, yes, to get income. Everybody wants to hear that part. But he also, mainly more important than that, most important than that, he gave us back self-government over ourself, over our teaching, over our lips. It says the end time church, starting back when Jesus came, it was the end time starting, you know. They, that means us, weans, they overcame him, who's him, the accuser, the deceiver, the liar. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and their love, love not their life under death. So there is such a thing as sacrifice, dying to self, taking up your cross daily, putting up with bitter people, persecution, maybe being a martyr. All this is purposely stated with scripture for you to BYOB, bring your own Bible and be a noble Berean to see if it's really so. I would look up Revelation 12, 7 through 11, James three seventeen. For when we're under pressure at work, when we're in pressure in family, in marriage, in raising our children, and they're learning how to react with other people. So there's a relationship theology view at this ministry. And it's by the grace of God and good, I hate to say it, good natural parenting and good role models in ministry and happened to have a lot of prayer warriors with good theology so that made me want to investigate by God's leading of the Spirit. So we honor all of them and we say, all of us, thank God. I really thank you, Lord, for yourself. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for Him. Oh my heavens, I'm so grateful. In the middle of all the shaking and the quaking and the hopelessness and the paranoia and the pandemics and the after effect of crucial crisis and who knows what's going to happen next, the only place to go to the, is to go to the Lord to find safety but peace, rest. And that takes practice and learning how. And then, depending on the Lord, reading your Bible, 
having a network to pray for you, to answer questions, to cover you in prayer. And I will cover anybody, everybody that needs it in prayer and put you on our prayer list, your business, your ministry, your family, yourself. And it doesn't matter your skin color or your style. It doesn't matter to me your size ministry, famous, you know, renowned or not. It's about being obedient and hearing from the Lord. I love to do it. So if you need special prayer, and it's the kind of thing, maybe you got your mama, your sister, your family, your friends, but when you need the really strong, I wish I knew anybody else that I could think of to pray for me right now, that's when you need me. That's our kind of prayer. Just SOS at dfwleader at gmail.com. Just send SOS pray. Give an outline of what you really want. If not, the Holy Spirit will just, you know, tell me. He won't tell me like a psychic. I don't do that. But it's like he'll give me the, I'll pray in the spirit and I'll pray in the natural. And God will direct how to pray. He is so good. I think in the middle of going into the Psalm 91 secret place on a regular basis, fasting media, fasting the wrong foods, fasting the wrong influence is a huge thing. If you want to look over on Isaiah, Isaiah 58, there is a non-food fast and it will talk about relationships in there. Don't hide yourself from your own flesh. That means your family. All right. So you want to go in there and look and see, can you fast in any way God directs? And now is the time to really humble ourselves repeatedly and just get ready for God, for it's his move, not mine. This is not about my ministry. This is about the Lord and letting people be liberated enough to go after the Lord for themselves, to seek the Lord, to put him on the highest place, not a human, a pastor, a prophet, myself, yourself, or daddy. On the other hand, we do not want to forsake fellowshipping with the saints, getting input, respecting those that are credible, normal, if there is a person who's really normal, and natural people who are really proven in the body of Christ and Christian ministry to speak into our life, to, to observe once in a while, sit under their teaching, and then make sure that your own heart is right, but also their doctrine is truly lining up with the end times in a positive and hopeful way. You know, I'm for, I really am for hope. I've got a lot of hope for right now. I cannot wait till the Lord lets me speak on the hope. I've already put up there for the youth, for the people. You know, I'll minister to anybody because I'm young in heart. And I feel the spirit of the Lord, that young thing. And you do too. No matter what your age, you can still be an inner age of whatever age God has set you to be. So I think 28, really. The idea is that I want to not go out if Jesus comes. I don't want to go out with hang-ups. I don't want to go out with, oh, poor me. You know, this is the last days. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. You know, misery. There's going to be a temptation toward misery, but you don't want to settle on that. You want to think higher. And I would get out and renew your mind. So I put up there one scripture, a springboard to hope for the young, every generation. Saw, well, Psalm 112 is a great one. It says, this generation shall be blessed. That means no matter what your generation is, Z, Y, Millennial, X, Boomer, World War II, if they're, you know, it is claiming that and knowing how to skillfully 
Do what God says. Hear God for yourself. Secondly, the main scripture I was thinking is 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, my springboard for my personal life, the revelation gift, moving in the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The knowledge of him is really not the knowledge about him, but knowing him and about him. That's a Pauline phrase about how he knew the Lord so much because he said, I pray for the churches in his, in Ephesians 1.17 for you all to have more of God's Holy Spirit revelation, a free gift of revelation by grace, and more wisdom, supernatural wisdom, problem-solving ability, uncanny ability to just know what to do to help people in your knowledge of Him. So it's a personal relationship framework. However, the scripture first Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 says, and we have to think on what it really means, evaluate it, ponder it, consider it time after time, what it really, put your faith in it for wonder-working power. It says, what eye has not seen, Paul writes, what eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of those who love him, those things which the Lord has prepared for those who love him, but... Those things shall be revealed by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. So you want to get that one, if you know, so you won't be clueless about God can do bigger than what the media says, your natural thoughts, your imagination. That's what's happened to me. And I'm so content, no matter what, despite what. <laughs> Another one is for all of us, male or female, young or old, John... The big book of John 16:13 it says when the spirit of truth shall come he shall guide you into all truth and tell you things to come basic paraphrase when the spirit of truth has come that's the holy spirit he will guide you into all truth that way you can claim that so that god forbid you don't get into error you don't park yourself in the wrong spot with the lord that you can hear clearly for yourself with or without a church member sitting nearby. So we think of what eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of any man, those things which the Lord has prepared for those who love him, but, but those things are revealed in your relationship over time with patience and, you know, knowing patience and uh, whatever God tells you to do, obedience, faith and patience inherit the promises so that excuse me those things are revealed by the spirit for the spirit searches all things holy spirit searches all things think about what that means yay even the deep things of god balance that with john sixteen thirteen. when the spirit of truth will come he shall guide you into all truth how does the spirit of truth come how does that spirit come you've got to know how to tell people this you invite Jesus into your heart as Savior. Make him your Lord. Invite him in. Let him, you know, forgive your sins. Make your dedication. Make your choices to follow him. Read about him. Study. Do what's approved. You know what the Bible says. Fellowship with the saints from time to time. So when the Spirit of Truth comes, you've invited Jesus, Jesus into your heart. Messiah, Savior, Christ. And he leaves a little deposit, a tiny deposit of the Holy Spirit, which is really huge, but you don't know about it. He 
and you have to uncover it and develop your ability to understand it and grow in it. And then you want to have passion for the Lord, I think. But then you know the Bible, you know the truth that will set you free. And then you get, if you need counsel or, you know, prayer and keep on going, you just do this one day at a time, one week at a time. But you can claim it so you don't get off. That when the Spirit of truth, God's Holy Spirit, shall come, He will guide you into all truth and He can reveal, put on your heart impressions maybe of what's to come. That's the root. These are foundational teachings for the root of the Spirit of prophecy, which I've done for since 91, been in ministry all my life. I mean, by God's grace. So the idea is it's been his, God's relationship that has kept me, not my good deeds, not my knowing stuff, but my knowing him. And that is the point I want to make. If I can say anything, why well, I can handle what's been going on in the deep south here with me, that it's because of Holy Spirit and my relationship through grace and mercy and then being willing to do a lot more than I ever thought. So we're so grateful for all the good. I mean, really, starting back before all this with growing up with a happy Christian family that happened to be ministers, that happened to be pastors. I never thought about being pastors. They were mom and dad, good parents. That's what I remember. That makes a difference. It helps me. When I get oppressed by legalism, law, unloving persons, humans, because I can go back and look and say, you know, I know they must have been raised not really respected. Maybe they're bigots. Maybe they were raised unlovingly. They were raised harsh. Maybe they were accused and demeaned and abused. I was not any of those around that stuff until later, (laughs) until later. But God is so good. So we want to work on ourselves. Each one choose to work on their own heart, their own choices, their own relationship with the Lord, and then take time, carve time out to be with the Lord more right now. I believe God is wanting us to be mature. You know, we have a phrase, a comment I've been trying, you know, right when the pandemic shifted over with an epic shift, I just started talking about 3 John 2, 3 John 2, little John 2, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, and it says, Beloved, above all things, I would that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And you know, never has been a better time to be individually, personally prospering by prospering your soul, taking time to work on what you're feeding, your mind, your will and emotions, make sure it's not death, it's not fear. You know, Bible teaches us as a foundational verse how to weed out information that would not be helpful to your mind, will, and emotions. It would not prosper. You'd bring you down, put in dross. dross. And that would be Second Timothy 1, seven that God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So with every verse that's mentioned today, they're all great verses to write down, make a little list, Put it on your tablet, put it on your heart, and study these and make sure you're absorbing them by meditating. That means praying them, claiming them, analyzing them, and then putting your faith in them. One of my own foundational teachings about Hebrews, about faith, 
All right. It says that the people of God in Hebrews four, it says the people of God heard a good message. They heard the word, but they did not mingle it with their own faith and it did them no good. They had no byproduct because they didn't know what to do. They didn't think to do it. They didn't know how to do it. So I'm telling you, all these things are supernatural. They're supernatural verses. Potentially they're super verses, but until you really sink your faith into it, you really put your faith into it. You will not build yourself up and have it manifest all these mega potential type verses uh, of if you just read it like water coming off a duck's back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But you got to really think, man, is that possible for me? So all the verses on this lit on this film or audio are perfect for that. Really great jump start. The other thing is that I would really, you know, balance myself with having a balance of real life as well as a spiritual life. Know when to say when, don't be overly spooky spiritual, go out and work out, eat healthy, sleep well, talk to people, be an extrovert, sometimes be an introvert when you need to hear God, but go out and be an extrovert again. So you have some, some community, you want community. But we will pray for you and we are for you. We're for you if you're from a foreign nation. We're for you if you are, no matter what your color, we're for you no matter what your political party, you're a liberal or a, a conservative. I don't care. I'm not into that. I'm for the body of Christ. I'm for blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. That's Jesus. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care if you're rich. It doesn't matter. That's called respecter persons. I don't. I try my best in my heart not to carry respect or a person's spirit. I want to see you as equal opportunity, real respect for the office of the human made in God's image. No matter if you're the president, whether if you're a young person or from an, any kind of party, any even any other faith, I will pray for anybody and everybody that has a call on their heart and wants prayer, even if you're from another faith. I will, but let me know by writing dfwleader at gmail.com. If you're from another faith, I will pray and for you to hear God for yourself. I'll pray for you. But I will pray every answer in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to answer, say, in Jesus' name, amen. But I am for God's, God formed humans. God formed humans and he made them good. No matter what their beliefs and their color, I think people right now, in my opinion, are more confused about Jesus, his message, his ministry, his people, what what he really came for than anywhere. I think we need to bend over backwards to receive and to respect all people of all faiths in this country and every other country because it's not about me. And Jesus was not a white-skinned Caucasian. He was from the Middle East, olive skin, and he went about simply, Acts 10.38 style, Jesus went about doing good, healing, all those who were oppressed, stressed out, being robbed, hurt, criticized, cruelly treated, all those who are being oppressed by the devil for the Lord is with him. And I want you to help do this. I want to have many of you, young or old, many of you Christians do this as well as get your Bible out, be the new generation of Christian prophetic ministers, Christ followers, that nobody has seen anything like them. Nobody up to now has seen anything like this new crop that is out there that has skill but has edifying knowledge and they have discernment so they know when to say stop 
I'm not going to be an accuser. I'm going to be a an assessor and an affirmer. I got to go. <coughs> that must be the dust <coughs> of, a th- of a thousand civilizations. <laughs> I'm sitting out here in a park and it is the springtime. So maybe there's pollen in the air. But anyway, God is good. He is merciful. And to the merciful, he will show himself merciful. To the kind, he will show himself kind. And he shows himself kind to me. He's so good. Anyway, God bless you. This is Tavo DRC, Dr. T, signing off for now. And be blessed. The Lord is good. He loves you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye.